When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. I'm Eric Kane, Matt Ray, Rob Lewis, Brent Hubs will be along here in just a couple of moments. And it's always brought to us by Exterior Home Solutions. If you guys need any repairs, any maintenance done to your home, with these summer storms, give them a call today. They'll give you a free estimate. That phone number is 865-524-5888. 865-524-5888. And you can always visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Got a whole lot of good questions in the mailbag here today. Uh, some some football recruiting, obviously some football team questions, and uh, some baseball, even some basketball questions uh, in it right now. And we'll go ahead and start off with... Uh, some recruiting. We'll start with GoVols182. What currently committed player will move the most in the rankings, Matt? That's an interesting question. I think um, a guy that has a case to move up the rankings is Gage Ginther. We've talked about him a lot. A really nice early eval by Tennessee staff there. A guy that can do a lot of things, really athletic tackle body. Um, I don't think you're done seeing Boo Carter move up the rankings. As he gets to Bradley Central, he plays a higher classification of football this fall on a really well-coached football team. I think you see Boo Carter have a chance to, to kick up the rankings and, you know, his teammate Marcus Gorey as well. Both of those guys are guys that Tennessee's coveted in the recruiting process, and for good reason. I think you have a chance to see both those guys climb up the rankings as well. Uh, you know, I think Jeremiah's Hurd's a guy that's very interesting um, but I'm not sure that he's going to be a major ranking climber. He didn't camp anywhere. Um, you know, we'll see what he puts out film-wise this fall. It's just not a program that, you know, is going to be, you know, doing a lot. He's going to play tight end on the offensive side of the football. He's going to play different situational roles on the defensive side of the football. So, for Jeremiah's hurt, I don't think that bodes well for him to climb up the rankings. He doesn't dictate what he is as a player, though. I'm just an athletic freak. Let's get a basketball question in here. We'll go to C Dizzle 85. Do you expect any of the basketball freshmen to get significant playing time this season, Rob? Oh yeah, man. I guess I'm I'm, I'm thinking the poster. Maybe and I don't mean to speak for it. Maybe we just forgot Freddie Dillon will, will be a freshman since he's been mm-hmm. here since since January. But yeah, Freddie Freddie's going to play a lot. He's for sure. Mark it down. JP Estrella. I'm I'm really intrigued by JP. Strength wise, I think it's going to be tough for him this year. Um, just because of, of his lack of bulk. Um, but, man, that, he, I can see him, you know, maybe carving out some kind of a mini niche, but but down the road, he, he's a guy long-term that I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he's going to turn into. Let's go back to recruiting. This is a good question for Brent uh, because it kind of just happened last year in terms of the majority of the class was done by the time Tennessee kicked off, right? Um, he wants to know what percentage of the class will be committed by the time Tennessee kicks off against Virginia. 
Well, I mean, I don't know a set percentage, but I would say the bulk of all of it. I mean, Matt, last year, what, you had, you had Hobbs and you had Carter were really the, the, the two fall guys. There may have been another one in there that, that I, I failed to remember, but they, the they didn't get more. Yeah, they, I mean, they didn't get maybe three or four guys in the fall. Everything else was done, not counting transfers, obviously, portal kids. So I, I would imagine that that would be the case. I, I think Tennessee, I mean, Ryan Wingo, we know is not going to do anything um, until, you know, late November, 1st of December. Uh, we'll see what the Ross kid does, Matt. I mean, does he really wait it out all the way into the fall? A lot of these kids talk about the fall, but but they end up doing something before the start of their senior year. So um, I won't say Tennessee is going to be done by August 1, but they're going to be about done. They will be recruiting a very small handful of guys, I think, once we get into fall, unless somebody new pops up after a great senior season. But Arian Carter is the exception, not the rule to that. Right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think it gets harder and harder for kids nowadays to to go deep into the fall in these recruitments. I mean, I talked to Jordan Ross after he got home from his official visit, and you know, he's still maintaining that he's going to take it into you know December if he can. But at the same time, it's still hard to believe it because you kind of talked about how this month wore him down um, a little bit, and then he's going to have his season and you know trying to take visits. It just gets harder and harder to do that. I mean, if you saw everything that you needed on these official visits and it's really between Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida, yeah, I think he's a, a pretty well-thought-out young man that can probably make a decision earlier than December. And I think there's a chance that happens. We'll see. Another one here from Doolittle Ball. Is there uh, even a realistic to think that there's a chance you get Ron Wingo if you already have Matthews, Jefferson, and Staley? I know that if he wants in, you let him in, but uh, realistically – yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance. Is it likely? I don't I don't know that it's likely, but, I mean, I think Tennessee has been the leader for Ryan Wingo at multiple times in, in this thing, and I think they're going to continue to recruit him. I think he's going to be back out here on the official visit at some point. So, yeah, I think it's realistic that you could get Ryan Wingo. Um, he, he understands the direction Tennessee wants to head at the receiver position. He understands that they're recruiting guys. He's been here on visits with several of these guys. So it's, it's not anything uncommon to him. And when you look around at the other places he's going, there's they're recruiting elite receivers alongside him. So he's not scared of that in any way. So, yeah, I think it's realistic. I don't know that it's likely, but is it realistic? We'll see. And they got to get the other three too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that, the, I mean the, that's a thing. Those guys aren't locks. I mean, that's not a done yeah. deal for those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Relty for Lots got a couple of ones here, Rob. Uh, want to know about the running back breakdown, say against Virginia, uh, kind of the carry, 70 snaps a game. What, what's that split look like between Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, Dylan Sampson? You got Cam Selden as well. What do you see the running back split looking like right out of the gate against Virginia? I, I mean, I, don't, I have no idea if it'll be this way, but based on the way they ended last year, I mean, I, could, I, I think you can make an argument that it's, you know, you split it three ways evenly. I mean, if, if you just take the – you know, the last couple of games in the bowl game, the way Dylan Sampson, you know, came on after, you know, he got he got put in mothballs when he missed missed that blitz pickup at LSU. But then, um, you know, came back and really finished strong. And I thought, you know, it was a small sample size, but I thought he looked like, the you know, maybe the, the biggest home run hitter in, in that room between those three. But it, I, I can't say right now, but if it, if it was me based off the way it ended last year, I would think those three would – be splitting things pretty pretty equally. I mean, I, it never will work out exactly that way, but um, 
I, I would think those three are, are, are in pretty equal footing, and you know we'll see where how how ready Cam Seldon is. Better not take a day off in fall camp if you're a running back. I, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, you know, and, and we look, we've seen Jabari Smalls had the injury issues and and some maintenance days. Of course, Jalen Wright missed all of fall camp last year. Uh, be, better make sure your hamstrings are good and you're getting through fall camp because there's going to be a battle for carries there that you just haven't seen the last couple of years, which is going to be pretty fascinating to watch at that position. All right, guys, got a couple more. It's 2023 season. The Vols need four to five yards on third or fourth down. Matt Ray, whose hands should the football be in? Are we talking about handing it off? or are we talking, Make it your we, own. When I read it initially, any, that's what I thought. Any, but, I mean, if, if it's fourth and five, you ain't running the ball. Give me Joe Milton throwing to Brew McCoy at the sticks. I mean, as simple as that, I think you're, you're going to go to most physical guy on the edge, try to get him in a one-on-one situation and let him make a play. We got one more here from Reltney for Life. Uh, in years past, when Peyton was still in the NFL, he would come back to campus and work with the quarterbacks and wide receivers, go over film. Brent, has he done anything like that recently? I know Josh Dobbs just a couple of months ago was here working with Joe Milton and the receivers, but uh, anything with Peyton here recently? No, Peyton doesn't do that like he used to. Um, obviously, he's not throwing and working out like that. Um, he comes back to town and visits with guys, uh, but but he doesn't do what he did, you know, his playing days where he can't comes back and throws with those wide receivers and and that type of thing. Hendon Hooker's been back in town, spending time with Joe. Obviously, Joe spent time with Peyton at the at the Manning Passing Academy and uh, at the camp down there. And and when Peyton's in town, he visits with the quarterbacks and the receivers and the coaches, but. He doesn't have that two to, or three days where he comes back and throws and works out with those guys like he did when he was playing for the Colts. All right, we will go to Groverly. Rank the position groups from most likely to least likely to land a strong recruiting class this year. Just kind of make it your own, Matt. I know that's kind of a toughie. Yeah, that's tough. Um most likely to least likely. So we'll start with quarterback. And they've already landed Jake Merklinger. So it's a strong group there, obviously. Um, I think wide receiver recruiting sets up pretty well right now. I'm doing all I'm doing each side of the football. I'm not I'm not flipping back and forth here. Each side of the football. Uh wide receiver recruiting. Um I think running back recruiting has a chance to be very underrated this year under Jerry Mack. Um, and then I think offensive line recruiting and tight end recruiting will be, you know, pretty similar. We'll see how things shake out there. Who who do they add as a second tight end and how does this offensive line class continue to shake out? And then on the defensive side of the football, um, I think I think all those are pretty, pretty tight, honestly. I mean – uh, the secondary group looks pretty good right now with Idris Farouk committed, Boo Carter committed, Marcus Gorey, and Caleb Beasley. That's, you know, tying all those pieces in together looks good. Um, the defensive line group has some potential. The linebacker group has some potential. So I think those are just really hard to try to, um, you know, sit down and go from you know, rank. I, I don't know that you can do it. Yeah, here's where I'm at with them on offense. they got to get another tackle. Okay, to 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 clean out that that offensive line group. Now they got to clean this with a couple of guards, Ronan O'Connell, you know, Satterwhite. I think they would take because they want to take a big number of guys there. But they've got to get another tackle to solidify that offensive line group. Uh, they're in position with with some really highly regarded receivers. They've got to close there. 
I don't know where a second tight end is going to come from. So that's a question mark at this point. Uh, the kid from Utah just got an offer from Alabama. Not sure what's going to happen there with that one. Like him in the secondary, as Matt, you said, um, you know, at linebacker, we'll we'll see who the, who the other – I like Burns, but who else comes with him? they got to get Spillman in the boat. That's a priority for them. And then who's the third guy? And then on the defensive line, I don't want to say a rabbit out of their hat, but but they've got a – you know, they, they've got a – Franklin, can you get him in the boat? Can you circle back to Fountain and be a factor there with him? Uh, I just question whether there's enough bodies that they're recruiting on the defensive line right now for that to be a stellar group when it's all said and done. We'll see. And there's a basketball question in here for you, Rob. Uh, Toby Walk is playing well for Team USA this summer. Do you think he can become a legit scoring threat for Tennessee this season? I mean, I don't think he's going to be a 12 to 14 a game guy, if that's what you're asking. I mean, I'm not sure that you know he's going to have a lot of sets called for him. I mean, I think you'll see him get get his points. And I haven't seen – I mean, I've seen a couple of the clips. I don't know how Tobey has gotten all the, the points when he's been in double digits of two games um, overseas this week. But I, I, I think it's going to – for for the foreseeable future, I think he's going to get most of his points, you know, by by doing the dirty stuff, by doing the little stuff, cleaning up the offensive glass, um, you know, putbacks, being in the right place at the right time. No, I, I, and I don't mean to short sell Tobey at all, but I think he can get to the point, you know, where, where he is a, a real consistent low point, low post threat. Um, but I, I wouldn't look for that to be, you know, something all consistently this year. But man, I. Love what he's gotten done over there. I think it's been a great experience for him. I, I think he's going to gain a lot of confidence from um, what he's gotten done, not just this week, but ma- just simply making the team. Let's go to Sam Smith, twenty-two thirty-three. Got a baseball one, then we'll get into a football question. Is Amari Jefferson good enough, a baseball prospect, that wherever he goes, he will have to work to keep him out of the draft? Um Matt, you can chime in on this if you like. Right now, I don't think that that's a strong possibility. Things can always change, but right now, I, I don't see him being a you know a guy that you really have to work to keep on campus. Um, and then Tennessee's third most difficult game—that's you know saying that Tennessee's two most difficult games are Georgia and Alabama. The third one is it at Florida, A and M at home, or Kentucky the week after Alabama? That's a good question. For anybody. Yeah, it is. It is a good question. Um, you know, I'll say this about Jefferson, first of all, because that, that was his first question. Kid loves baseball. I mean, he's yeah. in the middle of recruiting right now. And he's playing baseball. And he's playing baseball the whole month of July um, on the weekends. And, and I mean, he worked to get his official visits in, but he really doesn't. He really wants to play baseball. And I think he's a really good baseball player. And I think Tony Vitello did a really good job uh, along with the football staff on the official visit up here. And I think, I think baseball is a feather in Tennessee's cap in his recruitment uh, when it comes down to making that decision. So um, I don't think he's going to the draft, but I do think he's a guy that certainly wants to play baseball and is capable, plenty capable of playing college baseball. As he was a commitment of Tony Vitello's Matt before the football people said, Hey, you're a pretty good football player. Why don't you come take a free ride? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's told me, he's told me multiple times, you know, and early when you hear that, it's like, eh, I don't know, like you're a football player, but I think for more Jefferson, it's really important. Um, as far as keeping him on campus, I mean, he's told me this summer is very important to him in terms of, you know, learning more about 
you know, what his future could look like in baseball. So I don't think right now he's a guy you have to worry about. But I think he's a really good baseball player. Um, and I think for him it's become really interesting because over the last three, four weeks here, he's heard some very interesting pitches from the football side of stuff side of things, some interesting player comparisons and that type of thing. So he's got a lot to weigh out. But like Brent said, he's just being a kid. He's playing baseball. He's having a good time. And he's going to work through this thing as he does. So so kudos to Amari for that. Let's go to Orange Grizz, 2263. Hold on a minute. Let's, 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 let's not shortchange him on his question about the best – uh, the, the the most important game or the most I vis- forgot the most it was dang. the best question of the pod so far. We, yeah. we can't we can't we can't uh, gloss over that one. All right, Rob, you got you got Georgia and Alabama as the two hardest games. What's the third hardest game for Tennessee uh, on that schedule? Is it A and M, Florida, or is it Kentucky, or is it a no brainer for you? Well, however, like if like if me and you were on the episode of, of House Hunters at the very end, Kentucky's the one we're throwing out. That's that's just that's <laughs> not not in the radar. It's never, ever going to be one of the three biggest games on Tennessee's schedule. No. Um, man, I'll go Florida just because it's on the road. I, I don't think they're going to be very good, but it's early. It, it's so – it's it's it, because it's a tone setter. You know, it's it's the first game SEC game out of the gate. Tennessee, I mean, should be favored. Florida, uncertainty at quarterback, you know, kind of piecemeal patchwork on the offensive line. I just just think if, if you get that one, it just it, – it really – you know, kind of gets you started in the right direction. I've got to go Florida too, just because of the history there, Eric. I mean, they found every way to lose that game, and nearly gave it, nearly, nearly didn't get that one home last year when when they were in control. Mm-hmm. So for for me, it's always going to be the Florida game. But I'm not the guy to ask there. Y'all know where I stand on that game. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, Florida would be the answer for me as well because it's Florida one. It's on the road. It's early in the season, but that A and M game. It's a big game. I think it bodes well in Tennessee's favor. You have the week off prior, though. Yeah, you have the week off prior to A&M. There's some unknown there, too, with them. I mean, if it's the same A&M as last year, then for sure give me Florida. Um, but I, I think I think Florida, you have to go there. You have to find a way to beat them. You know, just like you did last year, you had to find a way to get that monkey off your back. Now, if you're going to take the next step, you got to go to the swamp and do it. And, and historically, that hasn't been easy for Tennessee. They're, they're not the Florida of old. They don't have the quarterback play. I mean, I think – I don't think Anthony Richardson's NFL draft hype was as warranted as it was, but he, well, he sure did keep them alive in Knoxville last fall. Yeah. Hey, he and, looked like and, an NFL player that day, let me tell you yeah, that. Yeah, he, he played out of his mind that day. In Texas A&M, that – I mean, who knows how that season goes, but that could be a dumpster fire by the time they roll in here yeah. on Absolutely. October 14th. Or they could be really good. Yeah, they get, if they, I mean, because they have a bunch of talent down there. It's not a question of talent. It's just how does it all? How does that whole marriage work with Bobby Petrino? Can they find quarterback play? Can they keep a locker room together? I mean, it could be wow, they're the surprise darlings, or they could be wow. How's how much is that Jimbo Fisher buyout really now at this point? Much the way mm-hmm. that conversation drifted a year ago for them. Spoiler: It is still a whole lot of money. Uh, we'll try this one again yeah you're right i couldn't gloss over that question uh that was a really good question uh orange grizz 2263 what feedback did josiah jordan james get from the nba regarding areas of his game they would like to see refined Uh, any word on the feedback that caused him to come back to college i sat down and um you know had had a item up on on santiago um earlier this week and then had, had sat down with josiah 
to do this similar thing and, and asked him. And he didn't get real specific with me. He told him, um, told me that one thing he heard can, that teams wanted to see him be more aggressive offensively and put the ball on the floor. Um, wanted to see a little more out of him in the in the mid range where they thought that that he was good. Um, got a lot of good feedback defensively for being a, a guy that you know can be a multi positional multi positional defender. Um, and just you know want, want to see the the outside stroke be consistent. I don't and, and you know Josiah didn't come out telling this, but talking with you know some people around him, they, I don't think there was any doubt that he was may not have been a second round draft pick, but he was for sure going to get a two way contract and have you know a path, have a chance to to make a team. And I think at the end of the day, just that he just felt a lot more comfortable coming back, and you know didn't feel like he was giving up something that wouldn't be there for him next year. All right, we will. We got a baseball question here. Is Kanan Peebles bringing much behind the plate or mostly a great bat to the plate? Obviously, if you're a freshman behind a really good catcher that's there, it's not for lack of ability, but I have no idea kind of what he's up against a catcher because he didn't get a whole lot of run last year. That's a good point. So, Kanan Peebles, huge addition from the transfer portal that happened, uh, I guess it was Tuesday night. And he, you know, he's a. True freshman, freshman All-American. He he's a guy that hit you know ten plus home runs, fifty plus RBI. He had nine starts at catcher, and he had like thirty nine as the club's DH, or you know forty three or whatever it was in my story. Um, he wants to come and develop as a catcher. I mean, obviously hitting's great, but I mean these guys want to go get drafted, right? And you want to show that you can catch. And his the guy in front of him. Uh, Jacob Kozert was an all ACC guy catcher. He's just a year ahead of him, and he's he's pretty solid as well. Had ten plus home runs, so um, he wasn't going anywhere. So Canaan Peoples wanted an opportunity to catch, and Tennessee will work with him and and try to get him to to be good enough back there. But doesn't matter what Brent that bat is going to play, and that's a good bat. Yeah, there's no doubt, and and Tennessee needs some power. They need a better bat. Um, you know, whether it's as a DH role or, or as a catcher. Tennessee's got a couple of young catchers, you know, on this team at refreshment. Uh, you know, I think they're bringing back a couple of guys as well, but but they don't they they, they weren't great uh, in terms of swinging the bat at that position at all. And, mm-hmm. and they they've piecemealed catcher together for a couple of years now, so um, we'll we'll see what his development looks like. But the bat counts, and he's going to be a nice addition to to this lineup, uh, particularly at the plate. And and we'll see what he looks like in terms of how he grows as, as a defensive catcher and, and all those things moving forward. And the Wednesday edition of Nate Sneed in the, in the, in the bullpen, it's going to be a big bullpen piece. A guy that can reach triple digits at a couple of times this year. So that was also a big piece of Tennessee baseball uh, rapidly, you know, swirling the transfer portal right now. So it's been fun to follow your roof. It's the most important protection against nature for your home or your business. That's why I trust the experts at exterior home solutions. Let's go to Jonesy Vall out of the players currently committed, Matt, to Tennessee or reasonably likely to commit as part of the 24 class. Who would be poised to contribute as a freshman, either based off maturity or just positional need? Mm, that's a tough question. Um, currently committed. Um, it'd be hard not to suggest maybe a Jonathan Eccles at the tight end position just because of how you know, slim that room could end up being, um, you know, we'll see where it's at this time next fall. But, um, you know, again, you have a chance to get some run there. Um, 
outside of that, Tennessee's building some really good depth. So it's kind of hard to predict um, who it could be is in terms of guys that are currently in the class, guys that are outside of the class right now that haven't committed yet. I just you know, don't feel comfortable, you know, projecting them into anything at this point. But they could I, they I, could I, use I, help at receiver. I mean, if, they could they could use help at I receiver. Mean, um, somebody could but, come in there and play early. Boo, Boo Carter's a guy to me that's going to get some run as a return man on special teams at some point in his career, just because of how, regardless of of what setting it is, he's able to make guys. He's he's able to have success against that first line of guys, and and I think he is a guy that not necessarily just going to blow you away straight line fast, but never loses any speed when when he works laterally. So. You know, we'll see where Tennessee's at in the return game, but he's a guy that could, you know, see some touches in that aspect too, potentially. I wouldn't just ride him in, but who knows. Yeah, Eccles is where I went immediately because that tight end position, you're you're losing two, and there's not many guys, you know, bodies in that room, and of course we know how important it is, so um, some good answers there. On the offensive line, T.N. Walker wants to know, player development amongst the offensive line seems to be average concerning players signed out of high school. With the heavy reliance on the portal, how concerning are the misses in recruiting out of high school with the offensive linemen? Uh, Brent or Matt, either one. I think it's too – I mean, and this is not a cop-out answer. I think it's a little too early to project some of those guys are misses, okay? I'm not I'm not ready to call Addison Nichols a miss or a make. Vice and Lang, we'll see what Messiah Reddick does, you know, or doesn't do. But where they've missed is just in actually signing tackles, true tackle guys. And that's where they've been in the portal. They haven't gone portal shopping for a center or a guard, really. I mean, Andre Couric, I know, is here, um, and he's going to end up being a guard. But but for the most part, the, the portal hunts have been for the tackle position, and that's not because of a lack of development. That's just because of a lack of numbers. They just haven't signed enough tackle bodies for me. Now, th- this is a big year for some of those young inside guys okay i mean we'll see where Nichols is hey you, you got an opportunity to go win a job let's see what you get done in august and we'll see what some of those other guys matt look like in the interior before we pass that judgment one way or the other but i mean it's it's getting it's getting into that time where those guys have to start making some noise there because they're not just spectator pieces anymore yeah absolutely addison Nichols has a chance to to take that guard spot and run with it and could also be the guy at center if, you know, Cooper Mays needs a, a breather or, you know, tweak something or whatever. So it's an important fall for him. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's still too early to to call on some of those guys. I mean, we'll see. Vison Ling just got here. Sham Umarov just got here. So, I mean, what, what does Tennessee do, you know, with those two guys? Umarov is obviously a true tackle. Um, so – to me, that's that's the biggest piece. Where is he at this time next year uh, going into things? I don't know that you were counting on him to come in right away and be a guy for you, but year two, you know, I think you get more more answers about him. He's He has rebuilt his body to a, a good, healthy weight, a weight that he wants to play at. So now going into fall camp, um, you know, and this next season and then through next spring, you have a chance to develop him and get those valuable reps. So I think that's important. Um, but it's just still a little bit too early to tell. And, again, we'll see how this this class continues to shake out in terms of misses. They have to find a tackle body in this class. So they have they have to find that guy. Um, you know, and, and Bennett Warren's the guy that they've honed in on. And, 
and we'll see if they can have a chance to close him out here in the coming weeks. To answer his question, though, a year from now, Eric, those guys have to hit because Tennessee's losing so much in terms yeah. of veteran bodies on that offensive line. So these guys we're talking about that you're not ready to pass judgment on, their judgment's coming a year from now because they're going to have to have some of these guys play. Yeah. Even the names you're not hearing about, like the Brian Grants, the developments of him and, and Messiah Reddick, I mean, they're all – they've all got to come along because you're exactly right. You're losing a ton on the offensive line after this upcoming season. On that note, in terms of you know, if you were to miss out on getting a tackle, um, Hendersonville Vol says, or Fall 15 wants to know, would that have any detriment on where they start Trevor Duncan this year? And, Brent, I, I don't think those are mutually exclusive because, you know, Sonny Day's not till December. Um, you know, th these guys are going to show up for camp, you know, here in about a month. So, Trevor Duncan, do you think where he starts, whether it be defensive line, offensive tackle, has anything to do with where they are at tackle in the 24 class? I'll tell you where, where Trevor Duncan's going to be on August 1 when they go to a practice field. He's going to be with Rodney Gardner on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, now, where's his long-term future at? Now, that remains to be, you know, we'll see. But but he's going to get every opportunity in fall camp to show himself as a defensive football player. So uh, that's where he's going to start his career. And um, two months into his career, six months into his career, We'll see what things look like, but that that's that is where he's going to begin. Is he's going to begin on defense? I can, I feel pretty confident in saying that's going to be the case for him as they start fall camp. And welcome to college football with Rodney Garner. <laughs> 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 All right, some uh, rapid fire here ones to uh, to end the pod. Um, Kai Bates update after the LSU visit. Oh, uh, lean Tennessee today. Um, not much has changed there since I updated that in the general scores on Tuesday night. Um, LSU still in this. I think it's down to those two. Uh, will Alabama, you know, circle back and try to make things interesting? Possibly. Um, but I think he gets a decision done sometime in later July and, and announces shortly thereafter, uh, be that the first week of August or, you know, the end of July there. Uh, but I think when wh – where things are right now, um, I think Tennessee is, has done all they can do and, and just has to try to close this one out um, here uh, in the next three weeks or so. What's the update on Satterwhite, and is he going to be a guard or a center? He's going to be an interior guy. He's going to be an interior guy. He can play both. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think the the center position, I think Glenn Ellerby really likes to evaluate that more as he gets guys here and, and goes through things with them uh, from a couple of different standpoints. But it's Tennessee and Clemson. Um, I'll look for a decision before the middle of the month. Um, he's not really saying much right now, and, and I do think it's 50-50, and it's been 50-50 for a little while. I mean, th this one's been back and forth um, each way. Uh, so, so we'll see what comes with him. I do think he wants to sit down and get a decision out of the way before his – team starts two a days closer to the end of the month. So I think it's very interesting to see what happens with him, but Tennessee's in it. Um, it's just, you know, time will tell. Brent is running back. Braylon Russell one to fold to pressure and stay home to play for Arkansas. No, I think that he's very comfortable in being who he is. I mean, he was committed to Arkansas and that went South for whatever reason, decommitted Arkansas has come back and, and tried to make the a pitch and put their best foot forward. But, you know, I, I think there's a comfort level that Braylon Russell's looking for, a little bit of a trust level, a little bit of a confidence level with guys with that. And 
I think Jerry Mack's done a hell of a job in, in recruiting Braylon Russell, to be honest with you. That's a guy that when you look at him physically, you hear about his weight, you're like, oh, he's too big or whatever. And then you go and look at the clips and you're like, guy's got terrific balance for a guy his size. Um, you're not, when you watch the tape, you don't, you can care less what he weighs, you know, and then he steps on the scale and you hear what he weighs. You're like, I don't know. But when you watch that tape, the tape don't lie. And, and I think Jerry Max seeing him work out in person in the spring, loved him. I think the tapes, you know, speaks for itself. And I think, I think Jerry Max done a really good job with Braylon Russell. So could he end up at Arkansas? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm not ready to declare anything done, but, but I think Tennessee has been the most consistent school with, with Braylon Russell over the last couple of months. Hey boys, I'll tell you this to answer a question from earlier in the pot. If it's third, if it's third, three, fourth and four, fourth and three, and if he commits to Tennessee, you say, here's football. Go go, go to that marker. <laughs> 250 pounds group. coming down here on a hurry. Whew. He's a he's a big old boy. I mean, he's he is different than anybody Tennessee's got on the roster right now at that position for sure. All right. Uh, Matt, is um, is Ronan O'Connell and William Satterwhite takes, or is it first one, first serve, kind of jumping in the boat? Kind of how do you how do you see those two playing out with, with the commits already in the boat right now? That's a good question. Something we worked through this weekend. I think Tennessee take both of them right now, Brent. Okay. Um, you know, may, maybe maybe things change in the coming weeks, but I think with where things at, Tennessee would take both of those guys and uh, you know, has a pretty good shot at each. I feel better about O'Connell than I do at Satterwhite at this point. Again, I, that was just been fifty fifty for so long, but yeah, that that's where I'm at with that one. Yeah, I I, I mean, I think they want to go seven on the offensive line if they can get there. So I I think they would take both those guys at inside guys now. They've got to take a tackle. They've got to find a tackle. I keep reiterating that. They've got to find a guy who's a, who's a tackle body. Um, and they need a high school guy, not just a one-year transfer portal, you know, fix it kind of – try to fix it kind of guy. They're going to end up needing one of those too. If J.J. Crawford and Gerald Mincy are both gone and John Campbell's gone, they're going to need a portal help. But they need a young guy that they can really develop and, and can kind of become an anchor piece for them at the tackle position. So, first – I mean – Take seven, but one of them better be a tackle somewhere along the way. I know I say this all the time, Rob, but Tennessee might take seven offensive linemen this recruiting class, and Derek Dooley didn't take any one year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. It's about Rodney Gardner. Uh, we've got about 90 seconds here. It looks like Rodney Gardner has been struggling the last few months with player retention recruiting. Any particular reasons for why he's losing out on some of the big boy battles that he didn't miss on in years previous, Brent? Well, I don't know about the retention thing. Uh, I, I mean, I think DJ Terry just kind of worked Tennessee over. I mean, I, that's that's an unfortunate deal. If you want to blame Rodney Garner for that, good. You know, I'm not sure why you do. I, I, he's a guy who had family issues at home. He said he wanted to double up on classes. He doubled up on classes so he could graduate and go be a graduate transfer. And he's at Oklahoma, and his family lives in Norman. I, I'm not sure what else Rodney Garner was supposed to do on, on that one, but um, you know, I, I think the game, I, I think re recruiting is changing so much. Um, it's not just NIL, but you've got the one-time transfer thing that jumps out there now uh, for the older school guys. I think you have to adjust to that because and Rob, you can talk to this. You can speak to this a little bit with Rick Barnes too. I mean, you spend 30 years of your career breaking a guy down to, to kind of remold him and build him back up through his career, that's hard to do because kids don't have any patience in, in any way, shape, or form. So, um, and, and look, Rodney Garner swings on the defensive line in recruiting this year. 
who's he losing to, right? I mean, he's losing to the Georgias, Alabamas. I mean, there's a lot of big-name schools in there that they're recruiting with. So we'll see how they finish. Uh, but I think part of it's just the transition in the way recruiting is different now than it used to be uh, and, and kind of how players are different now than they used to be. you got to manage guys different than you used to manage them a year ago, right, Rob, or a couple of years ago, thanks to the one-time transfer portal. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. And I, I mean, I personally don't see Coach Garner struggling as much as that that question would seem to suggest. I mean, you, you did a good job of painting the DJ Terry stuff. And, and yeah, it's not like they're losing – recruits to Virginia Tech or, you know, Memphis, you know, that, that Rodney's battling with. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Coach Barnes. I mean, I think Coach Barnes, especially with the transfer stuff, he's pretty much embraced it. Mm-hmm. I think he – I mean, I think he likes the chance to get to coach older guys, to bring in older dudes into his program that, you know, you don't have to kind of start back at, at you know, at, at ground zero, that you can kind of, you know, hit the ground running and – you know, that, that brings some toughness and, and some work ethic. And, um, you know, I, I think I, – I don't think Coach Barnes is alone in that. I mean, I think a lot of the veteran coaches like that aspect of the transfer portal, but at the same time, you know, understandably don't like the fact that, man, I'm going to have to recruit my, you know, my, my whole roster every day for the whole season. All right. Good bank of questions here this week. Got a lot in, and I appreciate you guys, as always, for sending those in every single Thursday for the Mailbag Podcast. On Tuesdays, on Thursdays, we can thank Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. Summer storms, winds are blowing. There's a lot going on. If you have a repair to make or just want to make an upgrade to your home, give Exterior Home Solutions a call today for a free estimate. That is at 865-524-5888. 5888. There you go, three eights. Or you can visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. As always, we appreciate you. For Matt Ray, Rob Lewis, Brent Hubs, I am Eric Kane. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.